Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearkchurch.com or download our app available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. If you'll allow me this morning, I'm going to do something a little bit different than I normally do. And, uh, of course, that's a rhetorical thing. Um, I'm going to do it anyway, but uh, I was was reading where a a company in Italy who who makes bomb shelters, and in 22 years, they've built 50, and when Russia invaded the Ukraine, they had 500 inquiries, two companies in America that build bomb shelters. They said they might build one or two a month, and one day they, they... they had five orders come in. This bomb shelter, by the way, the bomb shelters in America cost between 72 and a quarter million dollars. And um, I thought, wow, bomb shelters are literally exploding. <laughs> Sorry guys, that's the best I got for you this morning, all right? So. But why are they? And, and what happens is that when we deal with things like the war in the Ukraine, it gets shaky a little bit. And people become concerned. And people begin to wonder, are we in the last days? What's gonna happen? What's, what's going to take place? So this morning, I, I want to do something a little different. I, I wanna read a passage about what Jesus said was going to happen in the last days. I wanna hear what he has to say. But then I also want to talk about what's our response? What do we do? So this message is called Times Like These. And um, there's always been a fascination with end times, what's going to happen. I think there's always something in us that want to know the future. May I suggest you don't go to psychics (laughs) and and, and don't go to anybody that says they're going to read your fortune. You've got the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. You don't need a psychic. And, And so... Plus, the Holy Spirit's free. <laughs> but, but the idea, there's something in us, we'd like to know what's going to happen. So let, they, they went to Jesus, and I want you to hear what he, he says, but I need you to stay with me, because when you, when you hear this passage, this is not a passage that makes you jump up and go, awesome. This is great. It's challenging. Look what Jesus said. Later, Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives. His disciples came to him privately and said, tell us, When will all this happen? What sign will signal your return in the end of the world? And Jesus told them, don't let anyone mislead you or deceive you. For many will come in my name claiming I'm the Messiah and they will deceive many. And you'll hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There'll be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world, but all this is only the first of the birth pains with more to come. Then you'll be arrested, persecuted, and killed. You'll be hated all over the world because you're my followers. And many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. Sin will be rampant everywhere. And the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear and then the end will come. Like I said, you read that and that's probably not on anybody's refrigerator. 
uh, in, in terms of just, hey, this, this is really encouraging. But it, it gives us a, a picture of what's going to happen and the times that we're living in. And it's important. So this morning, I just want to talk to you as a pastor. I want to talk to you about the times that we're living in and some of the things that, that will happen, but then what we can do. And the good news is we don't have to be rattled. We know how this plays out. We know who wins. We're on the winning side. So when you, when you start hearing this, say, well, Alan, I, I brought my friend today because I told him you were positive and you tell jokes. <laughs> but I am positive and I just told a joke. You didn't like it much. So, hey, <laughs> now, let's take a look at what Jesus said. He said, basically, we're, we're going to see three categories of things. He said, problems are going to continue. He said, there are going to be wars and rumors of wars, threats of wars, and then natural disasters, earthquakes, famines. We've seen that. That tsunami that hit a number of years ago. Greatest natural disaster they said that ever has hit in our world. Hundreds of over 100,000 people died because of, of the earthquake that triggered that tsunami. We're going to see these things. He said, there, there are going to be problems in the last days. And the reason I'm telling you this is so you're not going to be alarmed. You, you know what's happening. Oh, and mankind is not getting better. There's persecution, and we don't see it as much in America in terms of physically being beat up or, or killed for Christ, but you do know that people all over the world are being killed today because of their faith in Christ. There are people, they say, I think the estimates the last time I heard was 13 people will die today because they are Christians. And so this is taking place all over the world. One, one person called Christians the most persecuted group. You say, well, Alan, this is America. It'll never be that way in America. It's already become that way in America. And we've already seen persecution because of be, being a believer. And so it said persecutions will come. But it, it said sin will be rampant. The love of many will get cold. You got cold-hearted. Hate will abound. You say, well, I don't know that there's hate. Have you been on social media? There's a lot of hate. In fact, the, the, uh, the founder of Twitter, Evan Williams, did an interview in 2017. He was disheartened, he said, because he felt like the internet was broken and the negativity had, had broken the internet. And he, and he said that, uh, he said he's looking at social media. Four out of 10 Americans said they have been harassed online. People on Facebook, have used Facebook to broadcast live suicides and beatings and even murder. And so uh, you, you've got all this going on. He said, he said when he founded Twitter, he thought that the free exchange of ideas would make society a better place. And this was his words. He said, I was wrong. And so we see mankind, we think, well, it's all going to get better. Let's don't be Pollyanna. It's, it's not getting better. People aren't getting better. And the anger and the hate is, is, is not going away. It's not. And here, here's the third category we see. Deception is rampant. Deception means being led astray. Wander off the path. Led astray. And he said there were going to be false messiahs. People are saying, hey, I'm the answer. People are declaring false prophets. People are saying things that aren't happening. And so he said, this deceptions is out there. And you're thinking, but I came to church today wanting to feel better. 
Stay with me. Because Jesus didn't say that we're to go, we're to go become a prepper and, and, and go hide out in the bunker. So are you a prepper? Yeah, actually I am a prepper. I am prepping for the return of the Lord. And, and I, I'm, I'm getting ready for that. I know that doesn't sell as well here in Texas. We're like, I'm buying ammo. Well, go ahead and buy your ammo. <laughs> if, if you can get it. Uh, but Jesus did tell us, he told us some things. He said, here, here are three things he said that you can do. He said, one, he said, see to it that you're not deceived. So in other words, if he's warning us that deception is out there, you do realize that not everything you, you, that you see on the internet is true. You know that, right? Because not only are people giving false information, but you have other countries getting involved with giving us false information. And false information is just, is out there. You say, well, how in the world do I keep from being deceived? Thank God we have the spirit of truth living on the inside of us. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. And he can help us in this area. So you don't have to buy everything. But he said, you need to see to it that you're not deceived. The next thing is, see to it that you're not afraid. Jesus said, all these things are going to happen. Don't panic. That word panic, I, uh, there's another word for it. It said, don't be disturbed. Don't be agitated. Don't be terrified. We're the ones that shouldn't be terrified. The world's terrified right now. 500 inquiries on building bomb shelters. People are, that's, that's a fear-based thing. People are calling it, there's fear. The world's afraid. Some of you know people and they're like, ah, ah, I don't know what's going to happen. We don't need, that doesn't need to be coming out of our mouths. We know what's going to happen, but we also know who we're walking with. And we know that if we, if we're with him, it's going to be okay. We're the ones that are not panicking. We're the ones that are looking out going, mm-hmm. Friend of mine asked me, friend of mine asked me, some good friend of mine from college. I've got one friend that I kept through college. And, and so um, he and I have been good friends for years. He said, I asked him, I said, John, what do you think is going to happen? And he, he kind of laid out some things. He said, I, I don't know, Ellen. He said, he said, Ellen, what do you think is going to happen? I said, well, I don't know all the specifics, but I do know this. It's a good time to stay close to the Lord. Just a good time. And uh, that's the last one. Stay connected. Don't panic. Don't be deceived. And stay connected. Jesus said, he who endures to the end will be saved. Saved from what? Saved from the deception and the depravity and all the junk that's going on. So he's not talking about being saved spiritually. He's talking about being saved from all the stuff that's happening. You can be saved. Don't, don't, but stay connected to him. Stay close. This is not the time to walk away. This is the time to keep our relationship with him. My uh, family likes to go to the beach. That's been a yearly thing for, um, gosh, ever since Michael was two. So about uh, 28 years now, we've gone to the beach barring pandemics and a few other tragedies. But um, we, if we've determined this, especially as our children got older, if you rent it, they will come. <laughs> and uh, we were going to the beach one, one um, it was in June, and uh, Christina, my daughter, was taking her car. And she was very fastidious about her car. Christina's my literal child. And I told Christina, I said, Christina, I said, stay close to me. I said, because I don't want to lose you. And just, just stay close. And so if, if you tell them, if any of you have literal children, you know what I'm talking about. You tell them to do that. They're going to do that. 
So we're driving, we're going down the road, so it's dry, pouring rain, rained all the way into Louisiana, pouring rain, but every time I'd get in the left lane, Christina would get in the left lane, regardless of whether or not that car, there was a car coming or not. <laughs> so she's doing exactly what I said. She stayed close. If I went to the right lane, she went to the right lane. I finally, I'm like, well, George, like when you told her to stay close. Well, she's staying close. And I finally realized if I'm going to make a decision, I have to make a decision for two cars because if I go, she's going to go. And we did not lose her. She stayed with us all the way. And I thought, you know what? She did exactly what I said. She stayed close. Listen, in the days we're living in, we stay close to the Lord. We're not focused on anything else. When he goes, we go. So it's like, Lord, I'm following you. You change lanes, I am going with you. It does not matter what's beside me. Here we go. Staying close. Times like these, it's a good thing to do. Let me give you an example of, in the Bible of a man who went through very difficult times, and yet he stayed close to the Lord, even though there was a lot of pressure not to. His name is Jairus. Here's his story in Mark 5. Now, when Jesus had crossed over again by the boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him. And he was by the sea, and one of the, behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, Jesus, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she'll live. So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. While he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house, who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. Ruler of the synagogue had a, had a very serious situation. And he came to Jesus, really, and, and this is more of a side note, but he came to Jesus the right way. Because when he approached Jesus, he came with humility and he came with faith. He was a ruler, but he did not come with a sense of entitlement. The Bible said he came, he came and fell at Jesus' feet. And he did not demand, he begged, asked Lord, Lord, would she come? But listen to what he said. He said, if you'll come lay your hands on her, she'll be healed and she'll live. In other words, Jesus, I recognize you are the answer. So you come, I'm, you come, this thing's gonna, this thing's gonna change. I believe you. And so Jesus started to go with him. And there was a great multitude that said around Jesus. And so as Jairus, you can see Jairus, he and Jesus are walking toward the house. His daughter is about to die. Jairus is feeling that. And, and he really encountered a pressure to disconnect from Jesus. First thing that happened was that the little lady there who had a hemorrhaging problem for years, and she pushed her way through the crowd and touched Jesus' clothes. She said, if I can just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. She touched his clothes and she was healed. And she slipped back in the crowd like, this is good. And Jesus stops, turns around and said, who touched me? Now, I'm sure the disciples are thinking, they're probably, their eyes are probably rolling. And they're going, here we go, another awkward moment with Jesus. <laughs> they're like, Lord, everybody's touching you. There's like a gazillion people with no body space. And, you know, Americans, we have the biggest space bubbles. You know what I mean by space bubbles? Like, you ever talk to somebody and they get real close to you? And you're like, whoa, whoa, it's a big country. You, you, give, me just, <laughs> give me just a little bit of room. If you go in other nations, they don't have space bubbles like that. Middle East, no space bubbles. 
So they're thronging and they're probably thinking, Jesus, everybody's touching you. A hundred people have touched you within the last five feet. It's just, everyone's touching you. And Jesus ain't going anywhere. He stopped. Now, how do you think Jairus felt? Your daughter's about to die. And Jesus has stopped. And you're thinking to yourself, come on, come on. Are, you, are there any brilliant, any of you out there who just feel like, you know, patience is not my greatest virtue? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> but I feel your pain. And when I need to go somewhere, why is it that when I need to go somewhere, every slow person in the county gets in my lane? <laughs> I think it's personal. I think they know I'm in a hurry. And so I have to pray for them in the spirit, lest I say anything else that I should be saying. In Jesus' name. If you're not a patient person, but now here's Jairus, he's got the pressure of his little girl's about to die and Jesus is stopped and he's talking to a lady. And finally she comes and tells the whole story. And you ladies know what happens when you get the whole story. It doesn't, hey, Jesus, I touched you. And I was healed. No, no, no. We got the whole story. Jesus, I was here and I was here and I was sick and I was sick for years and 12 years. And I went to one doctor and he was not a good doctor. Then I went to another doctor and I did not like him. And I told him, you are not a good doctor. But he said, that's okay. I can't do anything for you. So I went to this other doctor and he was not helping me either. And then I said, well, I'm going to go talk to Jesus. And Jesus was here and I went through and touched him. The whole story. The whole thing. See, if that had been the guy, it's like, I touched you and I'm healed. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so Jairus is, 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 is there, and, and you could probably just sense that, that welling up in him to disconnect and tell Jesus, look, I'm going to go ahead. You catch up. But he stayed. He stayed close. And then it got worse. He sees people coming how many of you know you can read people's faces before they ever get to you? And they got bad news, they can walk in the door and you can go, uh-oh, what's up, what's up? And here they come and he can see the look on their face and they see him and they're shaking their head. She's dead. No need to trouble Jesus any further. Could, could you imagine as, as a parent what the tendency would be? It would be to immediately bolt and to run home and to grab your daughter and to hug your wife and to wail. But as soon as Jesus heard what he said, Jesus turned to this man and he said something that at face value, it sounds impossible, but the Lord never asked us to do something we can't do. He didn't say go healer. He said, don't be afraid. Only believe. One translation says, Keep on believing. Keep on believing that Jesus is the answer. Keep on believing. Fear, you can imagine fear would just rise up in you. And he, Jesus is like, uh-uh, no, 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 no. Jairus, look at me. Don't be afraid. Jairus, don't give in to fear. Resist the fear, Jairus. Push back on the fear. You keep believing that I'm the answer. You keep believing that when I lay my hands on her, she will be healed. You keep believing the right thing. And Jairus... We, we don't have any indication that he said anything, but he did not leave Jesus. And Jesus walked into that house and raised that little girl from the dead. 
and she, and she is alive. And they rejoiced. He stayed close. What do we do in times like these? Paul wrote to Timothy, someone he loved very dearly. His last letter, 2 Timothy. And he talked about the days that we're living in. He warned him about the last days. Let's see what he says here. But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. But evil men and impostors will go worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you've learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you've learned them, and that from childhood you've known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So here's the deal. We need to be, and he's writing to him, he said, we need to be realistic about the times that we're living in. Not pessimistic, realistic. In the last days, it says, perilous times will come. Times of stress will come. Times of trouble will come. Guys, let, let's stop, stop waiting for everything to get perfect. I'm just waiting for the day when everything goes back to normal. What's normal anymore? I, I'm not waiting for the days to get normal, but I am prepared for what's happening. And I know that times of stress will come. And I know that evil people are not getting, not one day we're going to wake up and all the evil people are gone. And I can tell you just for America, barring a move of God that really sweeps our nation, evil people are not going to get better here. We're dealing, he said, evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse. So let's be realistic, not afraid. You know, Jesus did not deal with people. It's like, hey, everything's going to be all right. He warned them. He told his disciples, John 16, 33. He said, I am telling you these things. He, shows, he says, so that in me, close to me, connected to me, he said, you may have peace. He said, in the world, you're going to have tribulation. Now that word tribulation doesn't sound good. We don't use it much. Tribulation, that sounds like really, really bad. Basically, it's this. It's, it means to press, to compress. We might say it this way. In the world, you're going to get squeezed. It's pressure. He said, but be of good cheer. No, we don't say that either. Be of good cheer. I haven't said that to someone in a long time. Hey, be of good cheer. I have said this. Keep courage. Keep courage. Stay courageous. So he said, stay courageous. In me, there's peace. In the world, there's pressure. But you stay courageous. He said, because I've overcome the world. So that connection that we have is with him. And, and with him, we don't have to panic. With him, we know things are coming. We're prepared. We're not surprised. And we're, we're like, this is a good time to say, Lord, I'm, I'm with you. And in you, I can have peace, regardless of what's going on out here. Paul told Timothy, he said, no, the perilous times will come. He didn't tell Timothy, head for the hills. He said, you continue in the things that you've learned. Listen, in these days, in these times, we need to stay with biblical truth. Amen. Biblical truth. One of the things that if you've been around here, you say, you guys use a lot of scriptures. Yes, we do. Because we need biblical truth. And the writer of Hebrews wrote to some people undergoing persecution. He said, we ought to pay them more careful attention to what we've heard. He said, lest we drift away from it. The human tendency is to drift. We saw that during the pandemic. How many of us saw that? Without 
without a reminder, without church, a lot of people drifted. Because we have to, there's that human tendency. And there's now pressure to disconnect from biblical truth. We, we sense that pressure to disconnect, to step away from it. So we're going to stay with biblical truth. We're going to stay with biblical truth concerning giving and being generous and tithing. What the Bible says. We're going to stay with biblical truth concerning how to treat one another. See, the Bible said we're not to rant and rave and just troll somebody who does not agree with us and our brothers and sisters in the Lord. The Bible said we're to walk in love. This is how people will know we're his disciples. Well, and I don't like that. I, I don't care. This is biblical truth. We've got to stay with biblical truth. We're going to stay with biblical truth on relationships and that marriage is between a man and a woman. That's the only one that God has ordained and we're going to stay with biblical truth. Wait, well, wait. Well, well, wait, does that mean we hate people? Absolutely not. It doesn't mean we hate people. We love everyone. We know where we've come from, but we're going to stay with the Bible because everything else is shaky ground. And so we're going to stay with spiritual truth. Lady and was talking about in Colorado a couple of years ago, a hundred people got rerouted by Google Maps. They're trying to get to the airport. There was a wreck on the highway, so Google Maps rerouted them. You ever been rerouted by your, your system, your phone? Has anyone ever had your phone lead you to the wrong place? So she's, she says, so we took off down this dirt road that it had rained heavily before and a bunch, a hundred cars got stuck behind other cars who were stuck in the mud because this road was impassable, but Google Maps did not know it was impassable and it led them down that way. And she said this, she said, well, I saw everybody else going down that way. I thought surely it must be right. Hey, listen, guys, we're living in a day where there's all kinds of Google voices and maps leading people down the wrong way and down the wrong path. We gotta stay with what the scriptures say. It's the only path that's accurate and the only path that we can walk on. We're gonna, we're gonna stay with spiritual truth. And not everyone's going to go, yay, I love that. But that's okay. Because I'm staying close to him. Here's the next one. Paul told Timothy. He said, you need to know your sources. You need to know who, you're, who you've learned it from. Guys, I'm, I'm going to give you, I know you know this. But just because someone's on the internet doesn't make them right. Just because someone has a gazillion followers does not make them right. Or like Alan, I know this preacher and he's got like a million followers and you've got 14. That's okay. That's all right. <laughs> that doesn't make it right. You have to know, you got to know who you're learning from. Now, let me just give a, let me give an unabashed plug for a church, local churches. With local churches, you know us. We live among you. You've watched my kids grow up. You've seen me get older by the year. You know, you know me. You see me in the community. You wave at me at restaurants or where I whip past you on the highway. You know, you know me. And you're able to go, hey, I know their life. And in 26 years, by the grace of God, we've had no scandals. We've had no thing. So you're, you're saying is you can know who you're learning from. You need to know your source. Not every source is accurate. And I thank God for all the pastors and teachers and ministers who've been at this for years and are faithful and you can look at their lives and go, I could learn from you. If you're an internet guru, I don't know your life and I don't know the fruit in your life. 
So I'm just saying, you're not, you don't throw everybody out. You just listen, listen with some discernment. And by the way, if I say something that doesn't line up with the scriptures, throw it out. Because it's not me that brings truth. It's the scriptures. It's God's truth. And if it doesn't line up with scriptures, throw it out. You come to me and go, Alan, you're wrong scripturally. I will, I will repent. Because no man is perfect. Know who you're learning from. Here's the last one. Jesus' words to Jairus are our words today. Don't be afraid. Only believe. Don't be afraid. Alan, are we going to be in a nuclear war? Let me tell you something. If Houston gets nuked, I will see you on the other side. I, I, I'm not. I, I, if if a, mush, a mushroom cloud goes up over Houston, just say, thank you, Lord. My redemption has just drawn close. But here, but, and I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not trying to believe. Look, people are scared to death of a nuclear war. And I'm not looking for a nuclear war. And I'm not even saying there's going to be a nuclear war. But what I'm saying is we can't live in fear. We can't live afraid. We know where we're going. We know who we believe in. We know how this is going to turn out. We're not afraid. We keep believing that even if things get tough, he will continue to be with us. He will continue to walk with us. And we'll walk with him. And we need, we need a different attitude. Our attitude as Christians shouldn't be, we're as afraid as everybody else. We need a Willie Parker attitude. Willie Parker, 82 years old. She was um, in her home, I think it's in New York, and um, she heard an intruder bust into her home at night. And Willie said, when I heard him bust in, I felt bad. She said, for him? <laughs> Willie Parker is the national powerlifting champion in, in women's age group. And Willie Parker called 911, and then she hid in the dark, never cut a light on. She hid in the dark with a table. And when that brother came in, she busted that table over his head and broke the table. And when he's lying on the ground, she pours shampoo, a bottle of shampoo on his face and then was beating him with a broom when the police came and rescued that guy and took him out. 82 years old. She says, I may be old, but I'm tough. Here's, here's what I'm saying. Are you, say, Pastor Allen, are you advocating violence? If you bust in my home, absolutely I'm advocating violence. But, but what I am saying is this, it was her attitude I liked. Instead of running and hiding, she's like, mm, not here, not gonna happen here. Listen, the world is afraid. We should be able to look to us and go, you don't seem to be afraid. I am not afraid. I know where I'm going. I know who I believe in. I know who walks with me. We're gonna be all right. It's gonna be good. And you might wanna know who I know because that will make a difference. In World War II, dark days in, the, dark days in America, dark days all over the world, over 60 million people died. And in the middle of that, a young lady, by, a young pastor's wife by the name of Ruth Jones was reading the same passage we just read in, in 2 Timothy. And she was reading this passage in times like these, and these words rose up in her heart. She wrote a song, became famous. She said, in times like these, you need a savior. In times like these, we need an anchor. Be, be, be very sure. Be very sure. Your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. His name is Jesus. Yes, he's the one. His name is Jesus, the only one. Be very sure. 
Be very sure your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. Aren't you glad we've got an anchor who's solid, who is not going anywhere? Would you bow your heads with me for a moment? His heads are bowed and eyes are closed. And please, no one leaving, if you can stay with us, we'll be out of here in just a couple of minutes. If you came today or you're watching online, you say, you know what, Alan, I, man, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure who my anchor is. I, I thought my anchor was science, but it constantly changes. I thought my anchor was people and people have let me down. You need an anchor that will never let you down. You need a rock that never changes. You've never had a relationship with Jesus Christ or you're not sure about your relationship with him or you have it one time and you've gotten away from him and you recognize today, I want to come back. I, I need to come back to him. I'm going to, we're going to say a prayer here in just a moment. If that's you, and this prayer is for you. Now, we're not going to have you stand up or come to the front. Sitting right in your chair or watching right online, this prayer is for you. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Again, no one's looking around. If you're one of the ones say, Alan, that's, that's me that you're talking to. I'm not sure, but I want to be sure. Or I know I've gotten, I've gotten away and I want to come back. Would you pray for me? Would you just slip your hand up across this auditorium and say, that's me you're talking to? Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. 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 Thank you for your courage. It takes some courage to do that. It's humility. Anybody else? Say, Alan, that's me. Would you pray for me? Great. You can put your hands down. We're going to pray. Now, if you didn't lift your hand and you really wanted to, you can, you can jump in on this prayer. You can still get in on this prayer. We're going to lead you in this prayer. If you're here, you pray with us out loud. We're going to pray with you as a church family. If you're watching online, if you're by yourself, pray it out loud. If you're with other people, you can pray it quietly. But this is a, this is a connection prayer. This connects you to the rock. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. Now, real quickly, his heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Father, thank you for those that prayed that prayer, for those who stepped out of darkness into your marvelous light, for those who've come back home. And Father, for the rest of us, we thank you that you are our rock, you're our anchor, you're the one we're connected to. We will not be afraid. We'll believe in you. Thank you that you will get us through whatever days are ahead. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We hope this message has blessed you. We have services every single Sunday at 9 and 1030 and Wednesday nights at 7. We'd love to see you here. Have a great week.